Hello everyone, and welcome to another horrific review. Tonight I'm joined by Chris and Steve as we discuss The Others. Released in 2001, tells the story of a woman who lives in her darkened old family house with her two photosensitive children. She becomes convinced that the home is haunted. The film with Nicole Kidman in the starring role has made a budget was made on a budget of 17 million and brought in a box office return of 209.9 million. Which actually pretty decent. That's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. For a forgettable actress <laughs> and a mediocre movie, that's that's all right, eh? Yeah. Um anyway, I think- we're about to talk about just before we went on stream, we we're about to talk about Steve's acting career. You were dropping little nuggets, sir. Yeah. In in uh, 1984, man, the revolution with Al Pacino was filmed on Dartmoor. And they were coming around asking for um, um, sort of uh, actors in mm-hmm. uh, the college I was in. And all we had to do was lie there on the ground, dead. And it, I don't know if you know Dartmoor, but it's wet and damp. Bloody I freeze. have another. Well, actually, not in the summer because I've actually set Dartmoor on fire. Oh, I mean, <laughs> yeah. So you carry on, then. I'll, I'll go. <laughs> so, um, so we were we were paid fifty quid a day just to lie there on the ground most of the, most of the time. I mean, they fed us as well, but uh, just of that is, um, I used to go around and say, "Yeah, I was Al Pacino's supporting actor." <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <coughs> oh, we've got down the chat. Welcome. I have not seen you in ages, my dear. If you think that's impressive, the movie Free Willy, I played yeah. the whale. How was the whale? <laughs> da, 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 da. <laughs> now, no, that's pretty cool, uh, Stephen. That, that's awesome. I, I got arrested for playing charades with Free Willy. Oh, <laughs> 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 uh, dear. <laughs> oh, by the way, Steve's got a joke book out. So if you want to torture yourself with like all this shit, go ahead. <laughs> but in fact, what what you do is you buy the book, right, and you just beat yourself in the head with it. Don't read it; just beat yourself in the head. And it's actually less painful. <laughs> Links in the description. Check them out. Nice. I am excited. They're making Beaster Bunny too. Oh yeah, it's Don't happening. Be- it's happening. Right, you two carry on. I'm going. I'm done. Okay. <laughs> I'm the shortest streamer. Goodbye. <laughs> uh, yeah, back hey, to Del- Dartmoor. was back in, uh, God, when was it? 2009. It was we were in exercise. And some dumb, I was still a, like, but fuck private at the time. <laughs> and some dumb idiot thought it would be a good idea to give me the, the hand flares. So what it is, it's a metal tube, and you screw the floor in the end, and you flick it. Yeah. And of course, Dum Dum here is like, uh, uh, oh, it's sore my thumb, because it's really bloody hard to actually pull that back. Obviously, the ones on the string and trees, you just go, pop, pop. You know, and of course, I point it right at the gorse bush, the gorse line, and I'm just like, oh, no. Next thing you know, poof, poof. And then the whole thing just catches me right, um, Obviously, around Dartmoor, because it's National Trust property, there's um, fire beaters everywhere, like strategically yeah. located. Okay. Or, among the forest streets and that for the summer. So, obviously, we're all detailed fucking beaters. Poof, poof, <laughs> poof. <laughs> While the fire brigade gets called, that was a whole incident. I'm like, whoopsies. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> it was oh, your oh, It's your fault there's no dodos on Dartmoor anymore. Yeah, that's a, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Okay, it's all my, my fault. It's my fault, everything. Uh, anyway, never mind this. Been a horror movie. I encountered some real life horror today. What's that? Um, it's hard to describe, but I'm I'm getting stuff ready for a customer, and she'd ask for her stuff to be put together. You know, she'd like multiple packages. So I'm like doing customer service thing and putting in the one trying to save her a bit of money in packaging. So lo and behold, it means open a box to save one box of it on the other. Open this thing. Lime green stiletto crocs. <laughs> they exist. <laughs> Do you know when your brain can't register what you're looking at? Yeah. Because it just instantly goes, this is not, no, no, no. And your brain just goes, no. I was looking for those. Is that where it ended they up? They exist. You can get them. And you can wear them in the extreme <laughs> as your punishment for. Um, I, I actually recorded them as abominations on the. <laughs> abominations. <laughs> <laughs> abominations. <laughs> like the proper, like the proper Crocs, and they have a stiletto heel on them. Someone's and like rings. Yeah. Like, of all the combinations that should not be allowed, like that's the Economicon type, you know. Conjuring to bring about the end of the world. <laughs> I, I never understand how women walk on those things. Stilettos. Yeah. It hurts. Yeah. <laughs> I've tried them. It's... <laughs> that sounds like a story. <laughs> I don't know if trouble in rollerblades. That, that near finished me off once. Yeah. Went through like yeah. my early 30s, uh, like when I am. I'm going to do stuff. I'm not old yet. You know, when you're still in denial. Yeah. Well, God was up a little bit. Oh my we, used God. To, we used to have Roll Arena in Plymouth and uh, we used to skate fast. Usually to, um, oh, that song. Is it The Race? Uh, Papa's got a brand new pig bag. And um, we used to go up the ramp and jump over the bins uh, <laughs> in the middle and uh, yeah, that, that was scary, I'll tell you, because they kept putting more bins in. And you think, oh my god, there's another one in you. Oh, <laughs> get a more exciting than most, most rings people are just going around the circle. It's like, yeah, yeah. Your idea why is that a better. fun night out? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they wouldn't be allowed to do it now. But... <laughs> oh man, but back to this movie, let's, yeah, let's, we'll, let's start. Um, I wasn't offended by it. It was, I don't know, the most sort of inoffensive, like, paint-by-numbers movie, I think. I mean, I enjoyed it more, I think, maybe than, than you and Steven, it sounds like. Um, Is this your first watching? No, I had, I had seen it uh, over 15 years ago. I don't know if I saw it in the theater or soon after. Um, so it's different this time. Like, the first time, it was definitely suspenseful. You know, you you didn't know what was going to happen to the kids. This time, knowing, remembering the ending and stuff like that, I actually still enjoyed it because I, I looked for all the, like the little clues they give out, kind of like you know, Sixth Sense. If you rewatch it a second time, you mm -hmm. can find things. So I enjoyed it on that level, kind of analyzing it that way. But I can or, still watch Sixth Sense over. and still enjoy the plot, even yeah. though I know exactly where it's going. Yeah. This it was kind of like, I don't know. Can we get there already? Six Sense did it better, uh, for sure. But yeah. I, I, I still enjoyed a lot of the little clues. Like, um, like she mentions that there were 
uh, other servants that disappeared and left out of thin air. And so the house has been in disrepair for a week. So like that got me thinking like, is this like a loop? Are they like in limbo? And this is like happening over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. were the servants, the three servants that, you know, came into play uh, in this movie or was it different people that gave up or, or is she talking about servants in real life? You know, so like little things like that. I started to like kind of enjoy the movie on, on that level. When, when her husband came home and they were in the bedroom, she had the, the um, door of the closet of, of wardrobe um, and there was a big mirror on the, on the door of the wardrobe and her husband was sat on the bed. But as she opened the, the door, uh, which faced, you know, the mirror faced the bed, there was no husband. Um, and this was that a player bad at it then? Because there's quite a bit of bad at it in this movie. <laughs> I don't know. I was thinking, is he a, you know, is it, is it like this, this movie's a wee bit like a jigsaw puzzle in terms of um, editing scenes? Let's be honest. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> that's a good one. A, I didn't, I didn't notice that. Yeah, um, and that's. The, I thought it was part of the, the film at the I, time. I thought, hmm, he's a ghost, is he? Um, yeah. I think but that one was intentional. And looking at it, I thought well, it was a bit early to tell us that you know he's he's a ghost sort of thing, you know, because it was um, pre the bit where they found you know Nicole Kidman found out at the séance that her and the kids were were dead. Mm-hmm. Um, right. Whereas this this would have given it away if he was a, a proper ghost, you know. Yeah, but there's idiots like me that didn't even notice it and watching it two times. So, <laughs> yeah, it was yeah, quite, quite a lot of times. You know, the, the shot was going to and forward. And, All right, um, don't don't rub it in. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't notice it. <laughs> no, there's other weird stuff. Like one of the ones I noticed was um, she's on, she's sitting actually on the edge of the bed and she's not wearing stockings, and then she goes from up to leaning on the bed. It's not like it's ten minutes later or something. I just wearing full like stocking suspenders, like pure brown. It's not even like flesh colored. Uh, maybe a mistake. You're like, yeah. What the hell happened there? You know, yeah. You just like, yeah. you know, it's just that moment of this is a totally different scene. <laughs> yeah. Or how'd you get them on that quick? Like bloody hell! When I try, my heart's getting away. You know, I have to come them back. Got to, the women got to jump up and down to get stockings on. <laughs> well, it helps. It helps when you're a ghost. Everything just slides right on. <laughs> yeah. Plus, I thought ghosts couldn't change their clothes. No, because uh, they changing were, outfits uh, and all sorts. And they're like in, in limbo. They're in the same clothes, aren't they? Um, yeah. Well, the kids were in the same clothes. They weren't allowed to change. Like, yeah. her stuff at nightgowns the whole time, but she was changing clothes like on a regular basis. Yeah. yeah. Mind you, uh, didn't the girl put on a um, uh, bridesmaid's dress or something? Oh, the, um, what do you call it, confirmation or whatever? Or the weirdos yeah. thing? Yeah, she was putting on a, a, a dress. Yeah, I think a confirmation dress. Yeah. 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 But yeah, I would have thought that they couldn't how can they change? Because they're um, they might be stuck. They're breaking they the got rules. No physical body to do so, aren't they? But ghost. But, uh, yeah. I don't know. It's someone. But I don't know. Did you get any sense of suspense or dread on a second watching? Do you know what? Uh, like, like, the best one to compare this to is the Sixth Sense. Let's be honest. Right. That's, that's the best comparison for that sort of movie. 
I thought the seance was quite good. With the... Yeah, but that was right at the end. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you had an hour 40 minutes worth of... I, I thought the coach <laughs> of him, him was way over the top, um, which did away with a bit of the suspense. She um, was the most frightening thing in the movie, I think. What do you think? I, I thought the music was over the top as well. I thought, you know, it tried to be too too scary. And, um, yeah, because there was, there was no crescendos of bringing the music in lightly, um, you know, and and then when the scare happened, there was, you know, there should have been the big bang then. It was full on all the time. Um, yeah, it was a little over the top. The, the suspension way. Yeah. This would have been better, I think, if it was phrased as more of a drama. Yeah. Like a horror tingling as opposed to scary supernatural movie. Yeah, yeah, for sure. There wasn't a lot of moments of suspense, but I I do remember the first time I saw it when the, the three servants start approaching the house and she realizes that there are ghosts and she shoots them and the bullets go right through and they're just like walking slowly to the door. That, that I mean, you know, that had... Uh, moments of suspense the first time I saw it. Not so much knowing how it's going to all play out, but, but that's did, it's tough in a two-hour movie to have one moment, you know. Did you notice mm. the way she was holding that shotgun? If she had fired, hand, if she had fired that, it would have took her arm off. <laughs> uh, <laughs> she would have had the kickback, and you know she would. But uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um... Not the most painful thing in the movie, but <laughs> <laughs> was the runtime too long for this? Yeah, I think it could have fitted it in hour and hour and thirty, really, um, at the most. Because when you when you talk about the sixth sense, the suspense in the sixth sense and the storyline was was you know requested that it was two hours long, um, but this one was just. They weren't like making it up as they went along, but uh, I don't think they they could have. I mean, they could have, um, you know, brought in the the scene where um they found out that you know she was a ghost there at the seance, and um she found out the truth because the girl was whispering in the the medium's ear. They could have done that a lot earlier, and because there was there was a null, um, of of you know what was sensible really, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I think it was way too long. Way too long. Yeah, they could have trimmed it up a little bit, but I, I did like some of the character development with the kids and her, and you did get a sense of you know them being kind of trapped in this prison, and I feel like you may not have had that same sense of being uh, in like a, a loop or, or being you know trapped if it was a shorter amount of time. So maybe they could have trimmed up some scenes. I, I definitely think, like you said, the seance could have been earlier, but. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't think it was that bad, the, the runtime. I don't know. I just find, you know, I think the third act of just getting there was about, oh, come on. Yeah. Yeah, it was, uh, yeah. I, I feel the same on that. It was just, uh, yeah, just that little bit too long. I'm wondering if they had maybe, instead of the ghosts, maybe not brought them in the later. If the hardest started off as a psychological horror, because we'll have her starting off, she opens and knocks the door, and her kids, of course, are sick, so they can't 
meet anybody, you know, with that photosensitivity thing, which I didn't quite get as a plot point. No. I I, th- I thought that was huge because in my mind it was a it was a metaphor that because uh, sh- like like the whole the whole plot of the movie isn't is given away in her name her name is Grace which is forgiveness so, like the whole point of the movie is that she did something absolutely horrible and and what she feels is unforgivable but if she just accepts what she did and asks for forgiveness her and the kids can go into the light but she's not ready to accept it. She's in denial, so she's keeping the kids away from the light. I think of the light as like a spiritual light, like an afterlife. So her, the kids aren't photosensitive to the light at all. There's no illness. It's her trying to keep the kids away from the light and keep them contained in this house. So it's a it's way of keeping we are, them from moving on. It's just because we're long-standing horror people who shun the light and embrace the dark. <laughs> and you've you know, still is- got... You haven't been fully roped in yet. Like you started off as a, oh, this horror stuff, you know, I like the film. It's like, no, this is this is me overthinking everything. (laughs) (laughs) You're still fluffy and light, and we're like just fully there. (laughs) This is me overanalyzing everything to the point of it not being fun anymore. (laughs) It'll be be thinking gremlins in a minute. Yeah. I suppose if you think about it like that, yeah, because there's a very religious, like, oh, yeah, overtoned us moving. It's that's so, how the book starts out. She's reading from the Bible, like, it's and her name is Grace, and there's definitely a lot of uh religious overtones to it, yeah. But, but it's not in, in your face like that. Um, you know, there's no crucifixes held up or you know, on their chest or anything, you know, it's it's. It's not put in your face the, the religious side of the denomination, but it, you will you, study your passages or you're going to bed forever. Yeah. <laughs> you can, you can actually miss the religious um link really if you if you don't watch it correct. Because I did. <laughs> yeah. Well I'm too busy looking at other things. <laughs> that's why we this is why this is a team effort, because uh, we could all focus in different parts of the movie and bring something to the table. Which, yeah. The whole fun of collaboration at the end of the day, definitely. definitely. Yeah. I, I kind of look at the plot and you know, does it serve as a storytelling aspect? You know, does it tell a good story or does it lack? I think, me, the, the length of time that they tried to spend it out to shows that its feelings if they tightened it up, and like I said, maybe it made it not supernatural until maybe the second act. Hmm. Instead of hitting you straight in the head with it, you know, when the first couple of scenes. Yeah. And if the focus on her being like she's a tarrant, let's be honest. Mm-hmm. And she's definitely unhinged. So if I had just stuck with that and maybe not introduced Victor until the second act, might have worked better. Yeah. I mean <coughs> somebody talk while I cough, please. <laughs> so yeah um i i think victor definitely uh could have been introduced uh in the second act and it would have been better but yeah. i also think they could have done more scary stuff like when she's pushing on the door and the door is pushing back against her i thought that that they needed more of that they needed to build that up like there wasn't a lot of like scenes of like you know horror or 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 jeopardy for her mm-hmm. you know so I think that if it, you're going to make it a proper horror film, they needed to have more stuff like the door pushes back or like things disappearing. And 
I don't know. I feel like they needed a little bit more of that. Yeah, you didn't really get the sense of a haunting, did you? Right. No. Like, it's supposed to be a haunting movie, but you didn't really get the sense of it's been haunted. If you watched it the first time, you would have, yeah, you would have just thought, the others, what what are the others? Um, because there was no um, thing to say, well, the others are, you know, ghosts who are in the house with her. Um, because she was just, at first, she was just locking every door mm-hmm. and telling the, the housekeepers that the kids have to stay out of the light. Um, and there was no um, sort of, um, you know, reason why they had to stay out of the light. Um, they were photosensitive, that was it. Um, but, um, you know, the, the, there is a, a proper disease, isn't there, where people are photosensitive and it's it's got a big, long name. Um, and if she was um, that sort of concerned, um, she could have said, oh, they've got this, you know, um, rather than just saying, oh, they're photosensitive to light. Um, yeah. But they did. They didn't have anything, and that's why, like at the end of the movie, when the curtains are gone, the yeah. kids are perfectly fine because it was all her trying to, in my opinion, yeah. just trying to keep them out of the light and moving on. That was so a strange faxing. That, that was a strange thing. Yeah, the faxing. The the curtains gone. And um, what was the the sense behind that? I, um, I, every single set of curtains was down. I mean, it must have took someone some time. To take everything in a mansion to take every single set of curtains. Have them not the notice, like yeah. yeah. So my my opinion with that is that the the because Grace kept closing the curtains and uh, she was interacting with the land of the living, like the servant. Um, uh, one of the servant ladies says, uh, uh, and I forget her name. I apologize. She it, she. Oh, I had that. Uh, Bertha Mills. Thank you, Mrs. Bertha. Mills. She says that the sometimes the 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 dead and the living get mixed up. So I think Grace was interacting with the, the real world and closing the curtains. And these people that moved in, the intruders, kept seeing these curtains close on their own and started to get freaked out. So they just removed all of the curtains themselves. I think the intruders did it uh, because Bertha says, you know, we we didn't do that. You know, none of the three of us, the servants, you know, did that. Yeah. And Grace obviously didn't do it. So the only other people could be the intruders. And I think they were probably freaked out by these curtains that kept closing by themselves. So they just got rid of everything. I think maybe a scene where Victor was terrified because Grace was trying to get through the door and he's holding it. Yeah. Would have done, you know, an idea that they're actually being terrified because let's be honest, the family were more of a plot point. Yeah. I would have liked to have seen more of them. Where, um, what was the one we talked about, Steve? I see you. Where, this is where it might have worked, where we got from the second perspective, from the Froggers. Oh, yeah. Yeah, uh, do you know why we, we got to see everything from the other aspect? Yeah. Um, And do you know why Sixth Sense, we then got the reveal, and we saw things from the other aspect, but didn't get it in this movie. And this no. movie was longer. Yeah, just that one scene with the with the seance, and then the and then them moving out and, you know, packing where the car. If, um... We had a scene with Victor locking his bedroom door, terrified, and Grace trying to get through it. Yeah. And yeah. acting frustrated on the other side because she doesn't know what's going on. I think that would have like really honed in the terror. Because the the woman, wasn't it? She she didn't actually say 
I want to I want to leave until the, the sort of last set of scenes, didn't she? Um, mm -hmm. And um, you know, her husband says, "Yeah, okay, we'll leave tomorrow." Um, but if if she was if it was that scary, um, <laughs> I would have been first out. At, you know, halfway through the movie. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but they got yeah. such a good deal on that house. <laughs> That's a nice house. <laughs> yeah. She didn't want. He didn't want to give it up. The the husband. No. <sighs> oh, perhaps, yeah, perhaps he, thing... should, he should have just said, "Oh, you want to leave? Go on then." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so many of our lives would have been easier if we'd listened to that advice earlier on. <laughs> um, the religious zealotry in this that actually served as a horror tool in itself, and I think it actually took away from. The main story. Yeah. I don't know if it was utilized. I'm, I'm still trying to wrap my head around whether it was utilized correctly or not for the purpose of storytelling. I think I think it was important because, in my opinion, it, it ties into the spiritual aspect of, of the story and about asking for forgiveness and, and moving on. But I, I think she kind of twists it in that she's uh grace that is she's only using the passages of the bible that uh she wants to and she's beating it into the kids heads to reread the bible and then finally at the end of the Christians movie do that. yeah yeah <laughs> oh, for sure. oh for sure yeah only the passages that that make sense sorry christians carry on carry on <laughs> um but uh, you know so i think like at the end of the movie she even says uh, uh something to the extent she's talking to the kids and she says i don't know any more than than you do you yeah, know? that was about right at the end. That, that Which, was actually a cool scene. Yeah, yeah. So I think she finally, that was part of her, you know, owning up to her mistakes. Up until then, she was, you know, saying that she knew everything. And she was like, even like uh, lecturing the kids with that story that um, in the Bible where the kids were laughing at uh, a kid who who denied, you know, Christ and stuff like that in the in the Bible. So oh, the Romans and then um, they weren't put to death or. yeah. So she was kind of, you know, being a zealot herself up until the end of the movie, you know, when she. The thing is, um, when I see that, I, I automatically think, of, like, the movie has done it the best is Carrie. Mm. When you've got a religious zealot, just and her daughter's absolutely terrified of her. Um, yeah, I didn't get that sense in this movie. No, the, the, it was a case of where is it coming from, and unless you're Chris. <laughs> you were seeing where it was coming from, mm. Mm. and you don't want to cross his own den. We're like, uh. <laughs> no, it's you don't want to go up here. It's a scary place up here. <laughs> yeah. Does it? Um, I'm trying to think. Does the whole thing feel a wee bit maybe watered down? Is that what's? Is the movie too safe? Uh, has it had to be watered down for any reason? You know, have um, have there been scenes cut um, to to make sure that he gets a what what certificate was it? Ah, uh, for my question, I want to say PG thirteen, but I'm not I'm not sure. But uh, I definitely think they went for more of a um, a general audience to try to you know just to be commercial and. You know, looking at the uh, the profits they made, I, I guess it worked, but it would have been a better movie. I, I agree with you if they made it a little bit more, uh, 
intense and not watered down. But I think they were going for like the commercialization of it. Yeah. Um, was it 12A? Oh, 12A. Oh, oh, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Oh, advisory. Yes. Uh, yeah. So you've got to supposedly take your parents with you. Uh, Would you? I don't see us being. Uh, um, I think I might have been a bit over ambitious. But to knock it back to a 12 or. Back to or a PG. Back to. Yeah. Oh, that's the American equivalent of PG 13. So 12A. Okay. Because okay, it goes gotcha. U, Universal, PG, 12A, 12, 15, 18. That's the yeah. British classifications. Yeah. Yeah. And then X, double X, triple X, band. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I feel like in the States, like, it doesn't matter how much violence you have, you know, it's PG 13 until there's like one nipple sticking out. And then all of a sudden it's uh, R rated. So <laughs> I, I think with a movie like this, they don't even think about like um, psychological. You know, horror. It's just basically how many curse words, how many, uh, how many boobies, and that—that's basically how they do the ratings in the states. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's that's movies perfectly safe and up. No. That's that's why it was PG thirteen. Yeah, but this would scare a kid. I, I would think. You think so? A thirteen-year-old. I mean. Mm. Uh, do you mean a do you mean a modern day thirteen-year-old or a, like a our generation thirteen-year-old? Because <laughs> I was watching. Flipping critters and Friday the Thirteenth and him well before this. Yeah, I was just thinking about the scene with the with the daughter is uh has the uh, confirmation gown on, and then she turns into the witch, and she looks up at the mom like that. I think that would that scare even a kid. Yeah, it's, if she had to change her voice and be like deeper and like, I'm gonna eat your soul. Yeah, um, yeah, I would get it, but. Well, I think that goes to Stephen's Stephen's point that it was watered down, and they definitely could have kicked it up a notch in yeah. a couple of scenes. Yeah, I, I really expected Nicole Kidman several points in the movie to go to do the old "I'm fainting" bit, you know, where they stick their hand across her. No, oh, oh yeah, and, oh, like that. Um, <laughs> she, like I said, she was well overacting, um, and um, I, I just didn't see. Um, her being scary, even though, like you said, she was the scariest thing in the movie. Um, but I thought it was way, way over the top. And I think if she had toned it down, um, you know, it could have been a, a lot more. No, that's what I was asking. Would this have worked better as a, dra a drama? Yeah. Was Nicole Kevin told, you're in a horror movie? And she's like, oh, I'm going to be in a horror movie. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> and trying to be a scream queen with absolutely no idea of what it entails. Yeah. I just thought she's probably watching that going, bastards. I had just forgotten about this movie. To grow. I was going to go back and the act it again. Then those three bastards turned up. That's it. Back close the shutters. <laughs> she closes the shutters. That's yeah. her thing in real life. She just yeah. <laughs> one podcast. That's it. Done. You, get, you get an injunction next week. <laughs> Take it that's off. Here, that's what I know this channel's made of. When some Hollywood star goes, stop it. <laughs> to be. I don't care this from the back of a shed. <laughs> you know, like, take what from it. Go ahead. Whatever. Oh. Uh, 
It's like the the line from Rocky. Sue me for what? <laughs> yeah, Rocky Five. <laughs> Rocky Five. Yeah. That was only. Uh... <laughs> God, that was a tragic tragedy of a movie. <laughs> That's when he really should have just stopped. I think the the only <coughs> film that can manage a good sequel was Sharknado. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah, cult film. Oh, the, the woman needs Clownado. If you've seen Clownado, that movie is bonkers, fun, daft. Yeah, I know. The sharks in the tornado. It's only they come out and your head's gone. <laughs> Oh you no! Know, the first time I saw that, I was just in fits of laughter. Has there been a lot? There's been about five of those now. Yeah, yeah. And they're just equally as daft. It's and but... people fill the cinemas to see them if they're in the cinema. I'm they're... one of them. I don't care. Yeah, yeah. I, I admit it. I that's the thing. I'm super critical of this, and I'll go and watch like Sharknado twenty five when it comes out, and yeah. still be laughing like a wee boy. Yeah, <laughs> I think it's attention. Hmm? I was gonna say, I think the intent, the intention of the movie has a lot to do with your enjoyment of it. If you know the the movie is intended to be, you know, a comical like a, a Sharknado, then you, you cut it some slack. When a movie tries to be serious and tries to be, uh, you know, uh, intense, and they fail, then then it's not as is enjoyable. that the problem I'm having with us? The intention, I think, maybe. Yeah, yeah, I, th I think it. Like I said, it, it tried too hard in, in Nicole Kidman didn't really help it by her overacting. Um that um you know it was uh, it was too sharknado. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> she was trying to go for the sex sense, she ended up with sharknado. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, I think I think something like that needed to happen just to break this up a bit because there's a lot of nothing in the third act, just everything that was like yeah, I think it tried to build up, but it built up too slow. And like uh, Chris said, you know, they could have brought a lot of what happened in the third act into more or less the end of the second. Um, and uh, yeah, I think that's and that could have then you know cut the film down to like I said, hundred, you know, hundred and twenty minutes, no, ninety minutes. <coughs> yeah, I'm trying to work out how many. Minutes is hour and a half here. Yeah. Too late in the evening. Uh, yeah, I think it could have cut it down if, if they had done that. And um, uh, yeah, um, yeah, I think that's what it is. It's just the I'm not. It's not good, man. I don't think it got me the first time either. No, I kind of. All right, I want to see the reveal the first time I watched it, and then I got the reveal. All right, that's what it's about. But it didn't get. Like, it wasn't the edge of my seat. Like, I could have walked away and not got the reveal the first mm -hmm. time I watched this and been quite happy. Which I think mm -hmm. uh, I think says it all about a movie. If you're like, okay, whatever happens, happens. Yeah. It's, it's, unless we were reviewing it, it, it wouldn't be a film that I would say, let's watch the others, you know, to, to the other half. Um, yeah, I, you'd I, just be like... Yeah. I would have left it on when I saw it on... DVD or whatever it was that I saw it on, um, and I would have sort of thought mm, it was all right. I won't watch that again, you know. And it's not one I buy, and I won't stream it. Um, it's, it's on Prime. I know I'll watch that because there's nothing else on Prime. Mm -hmm. 
it, I just wouldn't have wouldn't have done that. It wouldn't be on my list, really. I mean, I think I enjoyed it a little more than than you guys did, because um, I just like looking at the clues and kind of like analyzing all the little, you know, hints she was giving with the. Um, I was trying to figure out like what the pills were, and then um, you know with the light and the curtains and stuff like that. So oh, the I, pills in the plastic bottle. Yeah, in the right in the plastic bottle, which uh, was definitely a mistake. Yeah, because I think those came out in the in the '60s, but um, I thought there was like some you know greater meaning to that. Uh, the first time I watched it, I thought uh, the servants were poisoning her somehow, which is what she thinks, and she like flushes it down. But I think it just goes to the fact that she has migraines because she shot herself in the head. I I, I tried to over yeah, the I tried shot, to overthink the it. And, <laughs> <laughs> even my overthinking, I, I couldn't come up with like any kind of uh, metaphor or anything. I just think it's uh, you know, that happens when one shoots oneself in the head. Yeah, well, um, that was that was actually one of the questions that the talking points I put here. Did you really sense any malevolence from the housekeeping staff? Like first time or afterwards? Like I didn't. I know they were trying to hint at something even the first time I watched this, but I got no sense of they're up to no good or they've got ill intent. I I I felt that um, there was something, especially from the guy Eric Sykes. Mm-hmm. Um, who played um, what was he called? Um, and oh. I felt that because every everything that is is Mrs. Aston. Oh, the groundskeeper. Answer, yeah, he would answer in a a cryptic way. Um, you know. Oh, said, Edmund. Uh... Yeah. The Edmund. old the old man, right? The groundskeeper. Yeah. 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 Played, played Arthur... by Eric Sykes. Yeah, British actor. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, he's. Uh, I mean, his piece of resistance was he. Um, he did a, a short film called The Plank. I don't know if you remember that, Colin, with Tommy Cooper. Oh and, God, uh, now you're talking something. Just the gist of it was, it was they were builders carrying this plank around, and they'd say, "Here, whatever your name was," and he'd turn around with this plank and hit the other bloke in the head. It was a co- comedy, and it worked really well because. <laughs> At the time, Eric Sykes and um, uh, Hattie Jakes were were big things. But mm-hmm. <laughs> I remember watching Tommy. Exactly. Hattie Jakes was a big thing, anyway. Maybe a bit morbid, but um, I remember Tommy Cooper's final performance was the Royal Variety performance when he had his heart attack. Yeah, he was doing yeah. it in the the skip thing, and he just <laughs> sat there. Yeah. And everyone thought everyone thought it was part of the act when the they dragged him off. Like, oh shit, he's dead. <laughs> He played in the uh, the old Palace Theatre in Plymouth, in Union Street, very renowned street. And for the first five minutes of his act, you heard him running around the back of the stage and trying door handles, and they were locked. And he was going, oh, it's locked. And then he'd run over to another door and he'd go, oh, it's locked. And the audience were in fits of laughter. And he didn't. And then suddenly, from the back of the stage, he pokes his head out. Looks at the audience, closes the door again. Oh yes, yes. <laughs> and then pumps his head out. Like, Hello, like that. <laughs> just like that, see, just like that. I open that door then. And, and that was it. And, Maybe they should have put that in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, yeah, very clever. What's the door thing all about? With her. Yeah, why? Why were they locking the doors? So every my... door must be locked after. I'm like. This woman is batshit crazy. I mean, she told um, 
uh, Gardner. Oh, you can sleep in the shed. I thought, what a bitch. Yeah, <laughs> you can sleep in the shed. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, my my thought on the door on the door thing was that uh, one, she was trying to keep the kids away from from going into the light, so she needed to keep them contained. But they and weren't then, dumb than you, and they yeah. were fully invested in it, so it didn't get that. Maybe, but the other thing too is like uh, she has to justify why the house. Uh, it, there's like intruders living in the house and and doing things, closing doors when she's not around. So in her mind, if if she locked the door, and the intruders were the ones that actually had the door closed, it makes sense. Kind of like with the piano there, she says like, "Oh, the piano was here when we bought the house," but we realize that the piano wasn't there when they bought the house. It was just came in when they when the intruders moved in and the guy was a piano player so i think she kept you know creating these rules to kind of account for what was happening in the, in the real world i think so, so does this still fit with the horrific podcast official policy that ghosts are stupid <laughs> just just got yes the theory. I, I think this i think this does yeah i think this uh this uh adds up but I, as far as the um the servants i didn't I actually, the first time I saw it, I thought they had, you know, they were malevolent and they were trying to like poison her and take over the house and stuff like that until the very end, obviously. Watching it a second time, I get the sense that they're guardian angels and that they're either assigned by a higher power to help her or they're doing it of their own volition to just be kind and try to help this yeah. this woman and her family. Because the, um, the, woman, the woman was very protective of her. Uh... The girl, especially, wasn't she? Yeah. Man, yeah. When, when the co kidman shouted at her and um, told her to get down from the dinner table, and um, the woman was there to sort of take her into her arms. So uh, yeah, perhaps they were there in a protective manner. Um, um, they knew that you know the kids had been shot, um, and uh, or well, not shot. The woman had been Smart. shot, and the kids were. Um, Strangled smothered. Yeah, or smothered, yeah. With a pillow, yeah. Yeah. Was Anne the young girl? Was she more aware of her situation than she was letting on? Um, well, she was the one that whispered in the medium's ear, wasn't she? Mm -hmm. At the yeah. end, yeah. At the I, end. Yeah. I think and that she, flare of defiance and anger. Yeah, I think she was I think she was aware of what happened, the whole thing from the very beginning. And um yeah. So I, I did some research. Once I once I realized Grace had meaning, the name of her the character's name, I started thinking maybe the other names had had some meaning too. So I, I googled uh, Anne, and her name is derivative from Hannah, which means uh, God's favored, uh, God's favored child. Actually, so basically her name was giving away the fact that she she knew the whole thing from the beginning, and she either stayed with the mom and, and the brother out of, you know, uh, worry about the brother, leaving the brother alone with the mom, who's obviously has issues mm -hmm. or, or she did it out of, out of the love of the mom, but she knew the whole time she remembered everything. That's why she, you know, whispered it into the, um, the witch's ear. And she even mentions early in the movie to the brother, Nicholas, like something when you remember when mama went crazy or something like oh, that. that night or when the night. Yeah. Happened. yeah. So she, she knew yeah. the whole thing from the beginning and she stayed, uh, just out of love for her brother and maybe her mother too. She was the best. I think she was the best rendered character in this. Yes. At, at the dinner table, she was showing her anger by doing that breathing. 
which is mm -hmm. why she got sent away from the dinner table. So she was breathing really heavily, get, bringing her anger out at the least little thing that her, her mother had said to her. So um, perhaps she had a, a this sense that, you know, her mother was just a, a bad person who smothered them with the pillows and uh, was on their That'd case. a bit angry too. Yeah, yeah. I would if, you know, if it wasn't a memory foam pillow that they smothered me with. <laughs> <laughs> I just changed my pillows recently. If it had been last year's pillows, I would have been even more annoyed. <laughs> <laughs> These ones I don't mind because they're still quite fresh. Even though it's into the summer. <laughs> I had this dream the other day that I was eating this giant marshmallow in bed. I woke up and my pillow had gone. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is why we're bringing back, folks. He's got loads more. That's good. <laughs> oh God, um. I just find this movie a bit of a slog, I think. I'm actually uh, kind of struggling to go through, you know, and pick out memorable moments. It's a bit of a... Like, all till the third act. Uh, you could easily miss this, rest this movie. What do you think? Yeah, um, I, I agree with you on a certain point, because there, there was no edge of the seat thing where you were thinking oh my god what's gonna happen next it was just like uh, you know the darkness was going right we'll do this bit and then we'll go into the next bit and then uh, we'll finish with the seance and and the car driving out the driveway you know and <coughs> i felt that there was no oomph in in the way that it was yeah that's that's oh. what i like i said even as a drama um like the witch is a great example. You've got a a family drama that just has the smattering of horror over over it. This you don't have attention. Like the kids aren't really like they should be terrified of their mother, especially Anne and her temper. You know something should be lost in there that they're more afraid of her than anybody else. Yeah. Um. You don't get that whole her losing her mind. You know. Yeah, you know she's not there, but she wasn't given the whole thing of losing her grip in reality. Yeah, they could have they could have amped it up. And actually lot. preventing the kids from the kids wanting to travel, you know, go beyond and her keeping them. Mm. We didn't get that either. Well, I'm trying to bring uh I forget the wee guy's name, but her brother with her to the light. Nicholas. Nicholas, right? So I'm trying to bring Nicholas to the light, but it's uh, Grace that's stopping them, with, and she, they're terrified. Like so many movies have done this so much better without, once again, no violence, no gore. You don't need it. Mm. Right. That's what that's what people keep thinking about horror. Or oh, it has to be something, you know, torture porn, or it has to be this. But you can have a gripping horror movie without any of that, and. Mm. We've seen so many movies that have done it so much better, and this just seems to be lacking. Yeah, that, that that one we did the other day with um, Donald. What's he called? Um, what was the film called that we reviewed the other day? The one where they dug up the well in the house. Um, oh God, the Changeling. Changeling. Yes. That that was that wasn't a violent film as such. It was. No. It was a. A thriller that was a psychological thriller, really, wasn't it? With, yeah. a, with a bloody good story, 
and it didn't need the scares or the thrills really um to to work and you were mm. invested but this i think that's what i'm missing i'm not feeling invested and in, you know if i found out what happened or who the others were i would kind of like yeah okay but i got yeah. no sense of threat from them i think yeah i think they needed a few more scenes of uh where you know people feel, felt threatened like aside from the one scene where the the servants are coming to the door which i th- i thought was effective myself but aside from that there really wasn't anything that you know her pushing back against the door they needed more and bigger events i think but i could understand like what's in the moment of kindness like we said with um bat and Anne. Mm-hmm. so there's no reason for Anne to actually be afraid of them because she knows what's happened deep down you know i mean she knows at the at least at the superficial level what has happened and where they are Right, right, right. So she's the same as allies. So the the running from them seemed very mechanical. Mm, interesting. Now I could understand them trying to get her and Grace slamming them in, you know, the door and closing the door behind them, you know, dragging the kids away. Right. But the kids running from them was, you know, there was I'd lost it because I knew even at that point I knew they weren't who they said they were, but I didn't feel they were up the, you know. Annie L. Will. Right, right. And I knew they weren't the others. Right. You needed a better antagonist in this. You saw some threat. Some yeah, outside that's, threat. That's what we're missing. Yeah. I think that, that could have probably been achieved if they improved on the characterization of each character. So yeah. they said, you're there for a reason. You're there for a reason. You're there for a reason. This is your your backstory. Even if it was just a, a little little bit about each character uh, as they were um you know brought into the film well you know uh, you, you know what could have been good too if they made the the witch more of like a threat like she keeps popping up and and scaring them and reaching for them and then at the end it's revealed that she's trying to reach out to help them but because she is blind because she's old you know because of the way she looks it's you know they viewed her as a threat the whole movie and then at the end Something like that they maybe could have yeah, done. That one scene in the closet that was so brief and meaningless. Yeah, 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 yeah. They needed something more threatening. But why do they always portray mediums as these scary people who, you know, are blind and things like that, along those lines? You always get a, a film. Jennifer Love. Jennifer Love you. It wasn't scary. No. She could medium me any day. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that, I mean, that question goes back to, like, even, like, Disney. Like, everything portrays, like, older, uh, especially older women as, as like, this this uh, scary thing. You go back to uh, Snow White and the Witch, you know, with mm-hmm. that, the, the old crone giving the apple. Like, that's been, like, you know, badgered into, like, people's brains from, like, kids that, like, old people are scary. So, yeah. Especially today. Anyone, like, five years older than you is, like, the, the demon that fell. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Beelzebub reincarnated. It's like, oh, you're older than me. I hate you. Ah, it's like, okay, mate, you crack on then. <laughs> yeah. Ah, fun times. Um, did Charles returning in this serve any purpose? That even when I first watched this, that was the most confusing part of this movie. So I, I'm sorry. You want to go ahead, Steve? No, after you, man. Um, I was just going to say, I, I, I like that part because uh, otherwise, if he doesn't show up and then leave, 
then you're thinking the whole movie like he's going to show up at the last second and save them. So it almost uh, it almost helps to solidify that they are on their own. So I thought it was important for that reason. I also like the spiritual aspect in that I think that he's visiting them from the beyond to say goodbye. Like he says, I'm just mm-hmm. here to say goodbye. So I think he's moved on and he just wants to come uh, to say goodbye to, the, you know, especially to the kids, but he's profoundly sad because he knows what she did. And um, so that's why he's acting like that the whole time. Like the first time I watched it, I was like, Oh, okay. He's coming back from war. He's seen, some you know some horrible stuff on the front lines but now re- you know revisiting it he's not he's not uh going through ptsd he's actually you know sad because he realizes that she killed the kids and that she's keeping them from moving on to the afterlife so i think he's sad about that and uh, that was how but, i would he not it. have been a bit more proactive I, yeah. I think he feels she's not ready to accept anything he's gonna say she's she's just yeah, but once again, this is my whole problem. They're focusing on her. Take the kids, let them cross over, and leave her to their devices and let her figure it out for herself. No one has tried to rescue the kids from her. The kids are effectively prisoners of her. Right. And I, I think with, with that child's bit, they could have um, brought him in an awful lot more. And even down to the last scene with the seance, and he could have tried to, you know, the whole thing could have been reenacted and uh, could have sort of happened again um, whilst the medium was bringing them, um, you know, more or less back to life type of thing. They could have, uh, the whole thing could have happened again, a bit like in the Amityville horror. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, the thought Charles could have tried to prevent it happening. By the way, Chris, mm. are you getting all these references? I know we're two horror nerds. Like, <laughs> I- Deep into the deep into the franchise, I know you're. Um, you kind of just dipped into the paddling pool, and you're you're like going, "Oh, those weirdos! Uh, seems like fun." No, oh, they're all bad. My best friend is a is a huge horror fan and stuff like that, so he's always making fun of me that I I, I love this podcast so much. He's like, "I've been trying for years to get you to watch these movies. Now, now, all of a sudden, you're into it." <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, no, I haven't seen some of them, but um, where are you based, Chris? I'm in uh, the United States in New York. Oh right, L- Long Island. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So mm. um, yeah, I haven't seen uh, Amityville Horror, but I you know I know the I know some of the references. I just don't uh, I haven't seen the movies yet. But uh, this is more my cup of tea. This this type of movie where it's it's kind of like the Sixth Sense, although not done nearly as well. Yeah. As opposed to like a slasher, so I, I like the uh, Evil Dead. We have so not like, I like referred the to one slasher yet. That's the thing. Yeah, we have not referred, and that's what I keep trying to explain to people about the horror genre. There's so and many like, aspects to it. There's so, so many aspects. Wrong. We have not referred to one char, uh, slasher, or we have not likened this. The one right. every movie we have talked about has been of a different flavor and a different focus, and that's yeah. uh that's the beauty of this, you know, like I said, this genre as a whole, it's so wide spanning. And that's what I'm finding disappointing because it's been done ad nauseum 10 times in each various thing better yeah. with the, the tension. Yes. I think this movie suffered from having come out so soon after Sixth Sense too, because it gets compared to it right away and it does, it is lacking compared to that 
I, I think for a 2001 movie, um, the expectation for there to be more was there. Um, you know, if, if it had been, mind you, like we said, the changeling was 1980. And you think of how much was in that. And that, and that was so scary. 70s influenced. Yeah. So it wasn't even an 80s movie. It was a 70s movie. It just happened to be made in 1980. So. Yeah. And this was a 2001 and on the back of, you know, CGI being in, invented with the, the, the new Star Wars um, 1, 2, and 3, and um, and bringing all that in, uh, the expectation was there for a, a ghost movie um, to be better than what this was. Um, it's fair. Yeah. Yeah, but even without the effects, the just, just the plot, the tension isn't there. No, it was, it was something definitely missing. Yeah, that's what I mean. Um, and I love Christopher Eccleston. You know, I think yeah. he's a brilliant actor. Um, he served no purpose in a way. I just didn't get anything from him either. No. He's like he was half asleep during this movie. His part was too short, and he didn't really have it in him to think. You know, oh well, I'm only in the film for five minutes. You know, <laughs> why bother? Um, was he, it was kind of time, wasn't it? He was going through that, uh, hit the world, uh, just the act because after he, he had disappeared, we but up his own arse, so you can kind of <laughs> see that. But even if he had said, I'm taking the kids with me, and she Too had fair. a bike, I'm in the dark here. All right, no worries. Um, <laughs> but if he had maybe tried to take the kids away from her, yeah, and she had a freaked out and dragged them back, that and then he cool. disappeared. Yeah. I think that's. I think I've had it. Um, bear with me on this one, right? No one's trying to take the kids away from Grace. No. Right. And I think that that's no way we're trying. We're trying to pen it down of what's missing, and it's the fact that she's holding on to the kids. If more people were trying to take them, if the housekeeper had to tra- tried to take them, and she got in a jealous rage, saying, "You're that's my daughter, my son." If uh, Chris Eccleston, Charles, had tried to take the kids with him and she flew in their rage, then we would have seen more of why the tensions are. Which is what I was saying. They could have brought Christopher Eccleston in for the seance and he could have tried to save his children. Yeah. Um, but a, it's, and then was like saw that, her yeah. being the it, reason why they're held. Yeah. I think it it could have been a, a better movie if they did that, but it definitely would have changed it. I think the 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 point the movie was trying to make, and I think it, you know, how successful it is is, is debatable. But um, Grace at one point says to Anne, uh, or she's talking about Anne to the uh, to the the housekeeper. Um, she says she's got to swallow her pride and ask for forgiveness. Meaning when Anne was uh, supposedly lying about Victor. Mm-hmm. But I think that's the director's way of saying Grace has to swallow her pride and ask for forgiveness. I think the people, the the servants and the husband, they don't want to take the kids away because then uh, Grace is lost forever. I think mm-hmm. they want Grace to ask for forgiveness from the kids and from a higher power, accept what she's done and move on into the light. I think, yes, if they take the kids away, the kids will be safe but her soul is lost forever. So yeah, I, but I, meant, I think it would be a better movie, but it would change. Yeah, but it doesn't mean a successful attempt, though. Yeah. 
Oh, meant, oh, right. Yeah. Right. So my point is not for them to take the kids. I meant to try and take the, the kids. Try. Yeah, that's a good and point. And for her to show that side of her. Yeah. And then we get the insight as to what the reason is. And that's the bit that's missing. That's a good point. Yeah, that not would be cool. Not to actually take the kids and succeed and leave her on her own. I meant for the housekeeper to try and take the kids and her to fly into a rage. And then we see that she's the malevolent force. Like right. that scene, like like it's all done in the third act. That's the annoying thing. It's all done in the third act. Like she's throwing the papers and ripping and going crazy. You know what I mean? I think we need to see a bit more of that side of her. Right, right, right. That she was unhinged. At the moment, she was just, you know, through most of the movies, she's just odd. You know, she has compulsions. And she's yeah. hiding behind religion, but we didn't see that, you know, capability of murder. But maybe the maybe the director was nervous that if he made her too extreme, although it would certainly make for more exciting and, and better movie. Well, Nicole Kevin was overacting enough, so he didn't really well, have too much, you know, just pointed in the right direction. <laughs> but maybe he thought the director thought that the audience wouldn't be able to emphasize with her or care about her if, if they saw her as that. Well, what's the redemption? What's any movie? The redemption yeah. arc of a character? Right. He has to have yeah. to fall. They have, have to, to completely lose it and then that's where you get the payoff at the end where mm. the payoff at this was really kind of lackluster because we didn't get her we didn't get to see her fall like properly mm. it was hinted at but it was never there right mm. right or how about showing a flashback to the scene i mean that'd be pretty brutal for audiences but uh well if they can't cope with her like just having a, a rage or somebody t- trying to get them going crazy her actually smothering her that was like when we watched the Changeling, that's still brutal. And it wasn't graphic. The bathtub scene. We we were talking about the no-nos in film, weren't mm-hmm. we? Um, yeah, that's with, true. Uh, and murder, murdering children on screen. And, you know, there's sort of a taboo on certain things, especially in the UK. Um, mm. uh, yeah. Yep, that's um that's a reason I think why Evil Dead Rise. Uh landed wrong with so many people yeah i didn't like that because <laughs> it was like in your face with like kid looking kids not your 30 year old teenage kids that you get in most movies but like actual kid kids like proper getting mouthed and you're like whoa <laughs> but i'm a sick Is bastard it? so i'm like yay and everyone else is like oh oh, oh, oh. like just the movie the, the cinema was just silent i'm like <laughs> colin stood up and cheered yeah. <laughs> <Jeez>. Get some. <laughs> I just yeah. made a note not to ask you to babysit. <laughs> Works every time. <laughs> Don't these kids like me too? That's a weird thing. These <laughs> bastards. <laughs> Do they come up and talk to me and stuff like? Oh, what are you doing? What Go are away. You doing? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, um... My niece years and years ago, she was uh, going up to watch Take That, <coughs> Cardiff Castle. And um, she says to me, because I lived in Cardiff at the time, can you look after Harry, your little son? I says, yeah, no problem. So he comes up and then she comes to pick him up the next morning because they stayed in a hotel. <coughs> and she says, where's Harry? This was 10 o'clock in the morning. I says, well, he's in bed. She says, how do you get him to sleep till like 10 o'clock? She says, he's normally up 5, 5.30. I says, I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, I said to Harry, because we went out quite late to get beers and 
He was only six at the time. <laughs> <laughs> Beers in a video, you know. I said, don't tell your mum that I allowed you to stay up. So um, first thing he does is, oh, how are you? You're, you're awake. Did you get up to anything nice last night? Yeah, we went down Cardiff Town, he says, and looked at all the women in their short dresses. And, and he just listed the whole thing of what we did. And I didn't go to bed till one o'clock. It's like, shut up. I wonder why he stayed in bed till 10. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Yeah. They're so honest kids, right? It's, yeah. It's, it's good yeah. and it's bad. <laughs> uh, but, um, yeah, the kids played off each other well now, so I'll give them that. Yeah. Especially when um, the girl jumped out the window and then she was trying to get her brother... And she was more or less saying, "Oh, you, you know, you're you're scared to come out as well." Um, and he he more or less said, "No, I'm not." And he went down. Didn't he? So, uh, yeah, as we look at pride, no, like kid actors are normally like, crap, but these ones actually, yeah, they play the roles well. Um, yeah, I like the whole they... aspect. Sorry, uh, I'm sorry. I was going to say I like the fact that they were uh, made to look like uh, very very white and pale. Which at mm. first you think is because of the photosensitivity to light, but then you realize it's because yeah. they they died. So like the the way like their pallor was the whole time, yeah. and the fact that uh, some at one point she goes to see if they're you know to like kiss Anne on the head when they're both sleeping, and they're oh, not breathing. They're not breathing. She? Yeah, they're yeah. not breathing at all. Yeah. So it's a, a little stuff like that I I liked with the kids. Yeah. yeah. Um. God, going to remember. Did did you actually buy the photosensitivity? I didn't. Think, I didn't think it was necessary. Um, I I just felt it. They could have done without it. Uh, you know, if if it wasn't written in the script, it wouldn't have made any direct difference to the film. Mm -hmm. uh, like the curtains all being taken down would have been frightening enough. The fact that they woke up and all the curtains are taken down and nobody knew why. It didn't have to be. Because of that, um, but it didn't even back. Like I actually missed over that part the first time I watched it. It was just so inconsequential. Mm. See, if if my theory is right, it's that's key to the whole the whole point <coughs> is, is the kids need, and her needing to move on to the light. Yeah, and the light. I, I yeah, if that. I'm if I'm if I'm wrong about that, then it, it really is stupid. <laughs> it has no 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 it makes no sense. Point. But just the delivery. <laughs> you no, know, there's one thing having an idea and an understanding as the mechanics of something. Right. But then the delivery and how it's portrayed is something completely different. Yeah. Yeah. But it worked at another level too, because it makes the it makes sense why their pallor would look like they're they're ghostly and, mm. and white, you know. So I mm. thought it, I thought it was important for a couple of reasons the the photosensitivity. Yeah, but even playing alone, I knew they were playing alone though because I had to. Yeah. But it wasn't actually bought as a condition. If that makes sense. Oh right. Like right, we right. knew they didn't have it, you know, from the first minute. Oh, did you? Okay, the first time yeah. I watched it, I, I didn't get it to the end. Yeah. No, it's just her behavior that she was batshit crazy, you know, just Yeah. Um I'm, what do you call I'm, him? I'm the op I'm the opposite of uh George RRR Martin. I remember you mentioning that he could uh, in another video that uh he he knew right away in this 5 minutes into the sixth sense. Oh, he's a He's arrogant. I'm the opposite. I I don't get things until the until the the last 2 <laughs> seconds of the movie. <laughs> I I really don't think it had that 
um, with ghost movies, I, I call it the boo effect, like the you know the the old Scooby Doo ghost where he's mm -hmm. covered in the white sheet, and <laughs> um, you know I'm carrying chains because that was important to give it actually yeah. good description. That was a don't think it had the boo effect this this movie, and um, <laughs> whether it was because of um, Nicole Kidman overacting from the start and 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 um, the the cinema yeah, she had a tempered it up a bit, you know. Yeah, turned off a lot of things and then went in the you know overburn crazy, but she starts off like at that level and doesn't really bumps. come down. Yeah, and uh, you think, Oh my god, Nicole Kidman's overacting, and you sort of lose interest because you know, you know, if she starts by being that that sort of straightforward and, and scary. And overacting, you know, she's going to do it right throughout the movie. And you, yeah, there's nowhere else for her to go after. Um, That's fair. Yeah, yeah. Um, the one thing I didn't realize until we started talking about this, but this was set in Jersey. Well, I know it was filmed in Spain, but it was supposed to be set in Jersey Island, which was yeah. the only part of the British Isles occupied by the Nazis. Right. Yeah. Should that have been played with a bit well, more? I I think that was important because they wanted to make the movie into like an old, uh, like like ghost movies uh, historically have been set in like you know England in the eighteen hundreds, and so they wanted to recreate that effect, but they also wanted to bring in the storyline of the husband being on the front lines and then being under occupied uh, German control. So that's literally the only place. If right, correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah, that's right. Jersey Islands is the only part of the British Isles that was, that was occupied. occupied. So I thought that it had to be there for those two reasons. But they completely disregarded that. Like, you know, with her hiding from the light, instead of her hiding from the light or having no electricity, yeah, or turning off the lights that because patrols mm. and filling you know creaks and stuff as if they're going through the house, you know, they're pretending the house is um empty. Mm. So the creaks and bumps that could have put down the patrols or things in the garden. That's There's a whole aspect there to be played with, and they just completely disregarded it. Yeah, it, they tried to set the movie right after the the war had ended, though, right? And yeah, but then she was still in denial. Right, right, right. Mm. Or it was he was in denial. He still thought he was in the war. She was trying to say it was over. But yeah. if everyone else was telling her that the war was over and she was still it was still it was still on, mm. and the others are you know being the like German patrols. Right, right. That would have had more impact, I think, because mm. there's something that could have been tied into real life. More of a threat. Yeah. Like you said, the threat's missing. Yeah. Where's the threat? That's cool. Mm. Yeah. <clears throat> mm. I suppose, uh, final thing then, obviously, we'll, we'll go and get the reveal. We'll have a seance. We'll realize it's all come about. We'll have that little sort of crying scene, which. I don't know. I didn't bat. But she's asking for their forgiveness. Yeah. I didn't bear like actually breaking down and realizing the full horror of what she's done. And holding them, and yeah, because the little girl was afraid of her. So yeah, would the little girl have cuddled into her and suddenly gone? Okay, I forgive you. You know, um, because she was uh, like I said, she was. Breathing heavily in, in the scene on the um, dinner table. Yeah, as if she was, you know, yeah, fighting for her life. Angry and fighting, yeah. You know, would she... There was no build-up to them sitting there, uh, finding out they're dead and sitting there back 
I'm in the bag for forgiveness. It just sort of happened. Yeah, that's so it's just so much waste of time because they could have, yeah. you know, brought the seance forward and then had the actual drama of them arguing with each other. Mm. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I see what you're saying. It definitely could have been condensed and it would have been more effective. And maybe the scene itself, you know, her acting, you know, uh, you know, Cole Kidman's acting maybe was a, felt a little flat. But just me personally, I, I did find it effective, you know, when she's with the children and uh, asking for their forgiveness. I, I, you know, I bought into it. I, I, the fact that Anne is scared of her and still decides to forgive her just goes into the fact that her name is derived from uh, a derivative of grace and, and the fact that she's favored of God. It, 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 I, I bought into it that the daughter did mm. forgive her, even though she was aware of what the mom did. To me, the most interesting part of the ending is that there's two possible uh, paths for Grace to take. Does she, now that she's asked for forgiveness, uh, take the kids into the light and, and move on? Uh, now that she's aware of what she did and that she's asked for forgiveness, is, is she ready to take the kids? Or is she going to you know, stay in the house and just kind of like go back into denial, close the curtains and start the whole loop again. And there's a couple of clues, but I wanted to get your, before I tell you I what think I think we're getting the hence definitely the darker path. Cause that's actually, um, I thought after the realization, Grace had the potential to be more dangerous. Um, could she have begged forgiveness also to her husband? You know, again, bringing him back all the time. Yeah. Uh, for that that lengthy bit that you know he didn't get, um, you know, could he have sat down with them and and you know received the the same sort of treatment as the kids were getting? Um, perhaps, yeah, brought in, um... perhaps brought in a love element there of, um, you know, yes, I love you, and you know, I'll forgive you, sort of thing. Um, yeah. Mm. I'm, a, I'm with you, Colin. I think normally I'm, I tend to be overly optimistic. Uh, even the movie The Road, which is the most, you know, depressing, uh, you know, gloomy movie you could ever get. I actually had an optimistic take on the ending. <laughs> but in this case, I'm, I'm with you. I think she actually takes the darker path. I think she had all the potential and all the, all the time in the world at that point to say, we're going to move on into the light and move on from this house. And instead, the fact that she tells the kid, repeat after me, this house is ours, this house is ours. That mm -hmm. doesn't sound like someone who's ready to move on. And the way the, the beginning of the movie starts with her saying that the piano just appeared and that the servants left a week ago. I think this has been going on a while. I think this is a, a continual cycle that she becomes aware and then she chooses to forget. And so I kind of think that she's in, and they even mentioned the word limbo at some point during the movie. So usually when a director puts that in, there's some sort of hidden message that that might be a clue as to what's going on. So when she's discussing religion with the kids and they talk about the, the four the levels four, of hell yep. and they mm -hmm. mention limbo specifically, uh, I think that's a clue that that's kind of what her situation is. So I, I don't think she's ready to move on. I, I think she's definitely, uh, taking the darker path at the end. Yeah, but that's why I said it would be more impactful if a, an attempt had to be made to bring the kids into the light and her showing how much of control, control she has over them mm. and through fear. 
right. that show that level of darkness that are you know as, as a, it just seems like a wasted opportunity there's so much potential there to like make a really gripping memorable because let's be honest you can forget about this movie t- uh mm. quite easily after you've watched it yeah yeah it's like i said the it's not one that i would go out of my way to watch um when you actually said, oh, we're going to review the others, I had to think, what was that about? <laughs> I was a saint. I think, oh, yeah, we're yeah. going to do that. Um, yeah, that's the one with the seance. That's the only memorable bit, is the seance. Yeah. So, yeah. Steve, Stephen, would you say when it comes to picking movies, you would have picked one of the others? <laughs> that's terrible. <laughs> Chris, <laughs> do, do you know what the film... I'll see you later. <laughs> <laughs> do, you, do you know what the films The Sixth Sense and Titanic have in common? What's that? I see dead people. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. God, that's going to become its own horror show. Fantastic. <laughs> now, have, have, you, have you seen, what, what would you deem the scariest movie that you've ever seen? My wedding video. Uh, <laughs> He no, just nicked uh, my joke, the bastard. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah that's, well, a good, that's a good you question. Know you know what to do with your wedding video, don't you? What's that? Watch it backwards and then you come out a free man. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> I was spoiling us for Colin's podcast here. <laughs> uh, it's, more, it's actually more interesting than actually plot on a baby, to be honest. <laughs> that's a good question i have to think about that i haven't seen i'm it trying to think of... myself that's yeah. what i'm sitting that music come see i got most frights in my child when i was younger um shit, i'm trying to think hmm. there was this one I and i can't remember probably, the name of it probably one of the nightmare on elm streets when i was young that scared the bejesus out of me because i didn't i didn't want to go to sleep for like three days. Oh, I loved. Uh, I absolutely adore. It was a uh, po- poltergeist for me. Um, uh, that's a good one. That's a good one, actually. Yeah, the the scene in the kitchen with the para investigator, yeah. parapsychologist. Yeah, and um, what it was, we tried our hardest to get in what was the old Drake Cinema in uh, in Plymouth, and we got thrown out twice. <laughs> And then uh, we sort of dressed up with hats and everything and, uh, you know, coats and got in then and got tickets. We were uh, 15 at the time when Poto Guys came out. That's awesome. Like, you weren't allowed in. It was an 18 film or X, whatever it was. Back God, then. our so, third, third time lucky, me and my mate Adrian got in. Uh, but the <laughs> film actually scared us left, right and centre. Because, uh, again, back then, scary films just... They were very few and far between, um, yeah. unless, unless you had the slasher movie. Um, and, uh, There's one the final scene I... of Prince of Darkness, who I tried to share my love of that movie with Cameron, that bastard hated it. Yeah. Prince uh, of Darkness? I didn't see that. Yeah, one. Prince of Darkness with the, the mirror scene. That freaked me out. I remember when I first watched that. Yeah. There's one movie in the 80s I saw, my older brother. I don't know the name of it, and I, I never saw it a second time, but the, it was had to do with dreams again. You had to, like, these people had to go into the dream and battle, and if you died in the dream, it's a little. it sounds a little like Nightmare on Elm Street, but it, it was different. There's, like, a battle scene on a train at the end. 
I have to research what it is, but uh, it definitely was in the eighties because that's when I watched it. Uh, the the but, one uh, that scared that me, too. the one that scared me, it was on television, um, and um, it was a number of short films in one big film. And the one that scared me the most was there was a, a man in a mirror, and he was getting the guy in the flat where his mirror t was to kill people, so he could have their soul. And um, and then once he had the soul enough, he could come out of the mirror. And then it was then it was the time of the bloke who was killing these people to go in the mirror, and he had to do the same, get the the new people who lived in the flat to kill people so he could come out of the mirror. And it's scared. And I can't. It sounds like a like a, a pyramid scheme for souls. Yeah, that's pretty it, cool. It, it's a number of shorts. It was about four. Short movies put into uh, uh, one film, and it that sounds cool. It, it was on the Hammer House of Horror. They used to have a double bill on a Saturday night in in Britain. And um, be, we reviewed be... that. I don't remember that one in particular. Um, we reviewed that entire series at the very yeah. start of this podcast. It's it's I'm sure it was on Hammer House of Horror, but it was it was four short. Uh, How many seasons were there? Because I. Uh, I'll try and find out. How many seasons, brother? Of Hammer House of Horror? Yeah. I don't know. It's really like one or two seasons because we, we did a whole lot. These were actual films. in 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 Because um, Hammer House of Horrors was a series. It was a week. Uh, yeah. You know. But they used to have a Hammer Horror double bill on a Saturday night on BBC Two and where they'd show two films like Dracula. Oh, Frank yeah, yeah. And um, it would go on till one o'clock in the morning. And mm -hmm. my mum used to let me stay up and watch it. But by sort of the halfway through the second film, I'd be asleep on the yeah. sofa. And she'd come down and pick me up and carry me to bed. Um, but uh, yeah, it's, um, and this film was part of that. I'm sure it was. But um, th that was quite scary because this bloke was in the mirror and he, he was a scary looking bloke. Mm hmm. Um, or he was to someone who was, you know, an early teenager. Um, but uh, yeah, that's, that's that's probably the first film that really scared me. I, I wasn't afraid of, um, you know, Christopher Lee's Dracula. Um, it was more like an adventure series, Christopher Lee. You know, it was like him and Valhand thing just always clashing, you know. Yeah. Almost like a superhero movie in a sense, you know. Mm. I'll get you again, baggy O's and. Then the repeat. Um, there was this one, and I don't know the name of it, but it was about a wee kid that was a ghost. And the final scene is uh, this woman, and I can't remember her backstory, but she's her saying to the kid, "Stay with me." And yeah. the kid goes as if to hug her. And then the next thing you know, it's uh, if flashes and she's her in the chair with her throat slit. Yeah. And she's ah. Oh, and what was the other one? Valentine was it Valentine's Day? The guy in the hospital. I didn't see that. He was rejected by this girl as a kid. And then mm. we see her in a hospital later on. He's actually one scene, he's got the you know, the like laundry trolley, and it's all like arms and legs out of it. You know, just it was all done in the dark, and he's uh turns out he's the kid from her party. In the comments, folks. If you remember half that stuff, because honestly, you you barely touch. You can watch a million movies and still not even be close to touching the surface. Yeah, yeah. 
Especially with the hard the horror genre, right? Yeah. Yeah. Just in that alone then. Yeah. That's what I said, it's a deep rabbit hole. Yeah. You picked a good one for a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no shortage material anyway. Yeah, good, yeah. <laughs> I have it's it's always been the genre's been close to my heart, you know. Like I said, like Steve's age just as a kid watching these movies growing up and uh just you know, you see other genres come and go. Like when the westerns <laughs> were a thing, you were getting westerns every week and you're getting sick of them. Yeah. But horror movie done well. Now you watch hundred of them, no problem. Yeah, that's awesome. Um one one thing I pointed out to Colin as well, they're remaking Nosfera 2. Oh yes, I'd heard about that a, a while ago. No, you're you're and the old 1920s film, um, which you could say was the original Dracula, really. yeah. But uh, um, we reviewed that actually because it was uh, the 100th anniversary not so long ago, yeah, 2020. Yeah, we reviewed that and it was it still holds up for its age, it, it was it still holds up. I still get that can see with the boat, Nosferatu yeah. on the boat, that's yeah. so brilliantly done, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so they're remaking that. Oh. There's another Conjuring movie coming out. Um, what's the other one I sent you? Oh, the Welcome to Derry. Yeah, it's a, a, a prequel to it. Mm-hmm. So it's on HBO. I don't know. Um, I was actually, um, we're going to talk about that at the end of the month. Um, I shared that article with Cameron. We'll talk about it at the end of the month. Um, yeah. I just don't know where they're going to go with it. Because uh, the Losers Club were the only ones that actually um, stood up against Pennywise. Everyone else was complicit. Yeah. And is he going to be a normal man who suddenly becomes this demon? Um, or, you know, is he going to just but be... He was the- all, um, you know what the movies? He wasn't actually human. He was a an alien being. Yeah. Him and the turtle both crashed landed the earth. And that was how it uh, yeah, hmm. I don't know, I'm very pessimistic about prequels. Prequels yeah. are tough. Like no one wants to see like a prequel of uh, Batman when he's just Bruce Wayne, like you know, doing business acquisitions. <laughs> yeah, I make fun. A friend of mine I, really loved Gotham, and I, I only got the second season. Not make give up. The first <laughs> season was good because it was the rise of the Penguin. It was the fall of Gotham. I was all on board. Yeah, and then I think it was two or three episodes in the second season. And I knew where they were going. I like they're going to drag every one of the rogues gallery out. They're going to give them a backstory. They're going to rip the arse out of that. I can't. Yeah. I'm bored. And it should have been Bruce Wayne going off, not standing golf and busy being pseudo Batman. Right, right, right. That was the whole. You know what I mean? In the comics, the whole journey was like they didn't Batman begins very truncated, but um, him meeting Deca- the actual Decard, not the Razal Ghul Decard, but the actual Decard, who was an assassin. He taught him a lot of his skills in Paris because right. he traveled the world. There was a, there was a story could have been done quite cheaply, you know, just with a few uh, scenes. I didn't have to like do super location shots, but yeah. But prequels and, are always tough because you it's have novel. There's another one like yeah. by season eight. Like, just put the bloody cape on already and get on with it. <laughs> yeah, they, uh, they wanted to make a, a prequel to Seven in you know, the Brad Pitt film. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wanted to call it six. <laughs> <laughs> it's oh two against God. one. 
<laughs> Bastards. <laughs> I am doomed. It's, it's like um, Darth Vader was walking around and going, A New Hope, Empire Strikes Back, Return of the Jedi. And uh, he says, Luke, what's wrong with your dad? Oh, don't worry about him. He's having one of his episodes. <laughs> uh, there's a horror story in itself how that franchise went. <laughs> so uh, out of 10, what would you give this? Oh, we're doing the grading thing? Uh, yeah, I, I like to grade these films. About a three, maybe four. Yeah, about a three. Uh, I'd give it a four. Just, yeah, three, four. Yeah, I, I, I would add yours two up. I would do seven. I, I, I you're, you're watching a different movie. You're like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it definitely had... It could have been a lot better. Um, but I like looking for, like, the clues and stuff the second time around. Um, so I, I got some enjoyment out of it. No, I like that too. But just, um, like I said, it's just the... Just so flat, yeah, flat, it and was. it didn't have to be violent to kick it up a notch. The the ingredients were there; they just didn't use them. Yeah, yeah. But I, I like that it didn't have like a happy ending. You know, like I thought that was cool that they kind of kept it dark. Like she knows everything; she asked for forgiveness; she's ready. But never mind; she's going. She's just gonna. She's she's in. gonna be the new. She's woman. gonna stay in the house and 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 haunt people. Should you paint a sequel or should this have been Ghostbusters 3 of them coming in to get her? That's right. Yeah, Venkman. They need Peter Venkman to show up for the sequel. <laughs> <laughs> she starts yelling at him, and then two seconds later, he just sucks her into the, uh... the ghost trap. <laughs> the ghost trap, yep. Two minute movie. Ah, <laughs> suck it up, ye. <laughs> ah, dear costume changes in there. That was, uh... Yeah, the editing has a lot to answer for, I think. Wonder yeah, what it there. It could have been a completely different uh, movie. There you go. Um, thanks again, guys, for coming on. It's good to you know, it's good to pick these things apart sometimes and just uh, like I said, it's important to know why. Why did they like it? Why did they not like it? That's and get different of... people's opinions as well. Because yeah. if you think of it, if it was just you and me on, we wouldn't have picked up on that religious thing. Right? Absolutely not. It just would have went. I, I mean, I could be wrong, but uh, that's just, I overthink things. So that, that's how I saw it. But it doesn't, yeah. you know, at the end of the day, that's something, that's why art is subjective because you got something out of the movie yeah. different from what we did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. that's that's the whole idea. It's If it was paint by numbers, there would only be hey. one movie, one book, and one song and that's all people would need mm. that's kind of the fun is explored that's it's not a battle at the end of the day it's a it's just an exploration of mm. a medium yeah you, you talk about rating movies life of pi yeah i give 3.142 for that Was that Shiny Bomb as well? Did he write that? Who? Did Shiny yeah, Bomb do that one? Yes, I think yeah, so. Yeah. Some Shiny Bomb. The book was better. Like oh, yeah. the, the book when he did the Three Wise Men. That mm. was to me more uh, just better. The tread and the, the movie was just like yeah. 
I think I've forgotten the movie. Yeah. <clears throat> I can't remember my head, but yeah, once again, guys, thanks for coming on. Um, hope everyone watching enjoyed it. Uh, like I said, it's fun to go through this, even though yeah. uh, Oh. The most underwhelming actress. Uh, we can kind of tell why she doesn't get too many lead roles. <laughs> oh, actually, uh, Ang. I just looked it up. Ang Lee was a uh, life of Pi. Ang, Ang Lee, all right. Ang Lee, yeah, yeah. Oh, by the I way, just, just as a last thing on the others, did you know it was produced by Tom Cruise? Yes, That's I saw it. his name in the credits. Yeah. That's when they were going through their divorce too. Yeah. yeah. Oh shit! Right. That's right. Those two were together, weren't they? Yeah, and also, I wonder if that was one of the reasons why Nicole Kidman asked to be released from her initial contract not to appear in the film because, um, I, I read up on it, she'd just come out of filming Moulin Rouge, mm. she, she gave the excuse that she was too tired to do this film and could they get someone else? And they said, Well, no, um, you know, it's, it's you or we, we sue you, um, <laughs> so uh. Either that or she saw Colin's review and she wanted out of it. <laughs> or maybe she maybe she saw the Scientology uh, rape dungeon that could have been her future and she decided she needed out of it. <laughs> Pure, yeah. what's, what, was the other, what was the other one that was actually in prison? Oh, jeez. Kitty Holmes. Oh, was she? Or something oh, like that. Um, yeah. Then again, it's Hollywood. You don't you can't believe anything any of them say. They're all yeah. freaking deviants anyway. Freaking scumbags. So who knows? Yeah, there you go. Um, oh, that's, yeah, that's, that's, a good, that's a good way to end this. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Scientology rape dungeons. That's how we're ending this <laughs> review. Ah, <laughs> uh, wouldn't take anybody to be easy, but found it. <laughs> so tough. Plenty of other channels go away. <laughs> right. Um, thanks again, guys. And uh, as usual, keep up to the other channel. Do the tippy clicky things. And until next time, keep it creepy, keep it horrific. <laughs>